This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And great to start out this hour, joined by Peter Schiff, who is the CEO and Chief Economist for Euro-Pacific Capital. Peter, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well. I am. How are you guys doing? I'm doing very good. Obviously, this this concern around inflation, it's a big one. It's becoming more and more of an important uh, story uh, as we talk about the economy. So as we're getting going here with 2022 and all of the potential moves by the Fed and, and the potential impacts, how do you view the state of inflation here in the U.S. and what could be the potential uh, look ahead that we see over the next several months? Well, first of all, inflation has been a problem for a long time. It's just that a lot of people weren't cognizant of it. A lot of the inflation was financial assets. So stock prices were going up because of inflation. Bond prices, real estate prices. So that didn't bother people because they thought inflation was making them rich. But all the while, consumer prices were going up. Government was not being honest about the extent of the increases because the CPI doesn't really accurately measure what's happening. It understates the price increases. But last year, the price increases were so large that the CPI couldn't hide them because according to the CPI, prices were up 7% in 2021. But in reality, they were up like 15%. If we still measured prices using the same type of CPI that we had in the 1970s or 1980s, which is why it's very disingenuous when the politicians tell us, hey, you know, it's not that bad. It was way worse in the 70s. It wasn't worse. This was actually last year was a worse year than any year during the 1970s if we measure it the same way we measured prices in the 70s. So it's a big problem. And unfortunately, it's going to get much worse. I think 2022 is going to be even worse than 2021. How so? Well, I think a lot of the businesses were reluctant to pass on their higher costs. In fact, if you look at the producer prices, uh, they were up about 10% last year. But Mm -hmm. again, that's not very accurate. If you really look at the cost of goods, look at import-export prices, there you were looking at 15 to 20% increases in, in cost. So I think that businesses that were reluctant to raise prices last year are going to raise them this year. I mean, they have to uh, repair their margins and make up for lost ground. So I think you're going to see, uh, you know, catch up. Plus, the pressure on prices is going to continue because the Federal Reserve continues to create inflation. We have a very loose monetary policy. They're printing a lot of money. They've got interest rates artificially low. The government is spending a lot of money. The government is giving consumers a lot of money to spend. But we're not producing. We have record trade deficits. A lot of Americans have left the workforce. The, the, the most foolish and inflationary policy that we pursued was last year because we ordered everybody to stop working and stay at home. But then we gave them money to buy stuff, even though they weren't making stuff. So, right. you know, we threw gasoline on the inflation fire because we pushed down supply while we were stimulating demand. Uh, the worst possible policy mistake, and I was criticizing it in real time as the government and the Fed were making it. And now we're paying the price for that uh, with these big increases in consumer prices. How much impact do you think is there still out there from the stimulus that the government provided, uh, which it believed to be the right path to take, uh, in terms of labor force and, and the impact in the economy right now? 
Well, there's still a lot, and it wasn't the right thing to do. The economy didn't need to be stimulated. I mean, unfortunately, we needed to be in a recession because if people are not working and not producing, they have to reduce their consumption. We just can't keep spending money as if we were still making stuff. So if we're going to stay at home uh, to try to deal with COVID, it meant people had to spend less. But the government didn't want that. The government wanted people staying home but continuing to spend money as if they still went to work. Uh, and, and that was the problem. And again, we're, we're, we're paying for it now, the, the, the cost of that, and it's going to continue because the, 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 these wrongheaded policies continue to this day. So the Federal Reserve, we hear a commentary about, you know, the path that they're going to take this year with raising interest rates, uh, two, three, some, uh, you know, estimates have four interest rate increases. Uh, a lot of the uh, belief is that it's going to be like a 25 basis point push each time. I've heard some saying maybe you need to kind of have the rip the Band-Aid mentality off of this and go to 50 basis points. Where do you stand on this? Well, I mean, 50 basis points is still inadequate. It, even if you accept the government's version of inflation, that it's at 7%, the only way you're going to you know, bend the inflation curve is to get out in front of it. So the Fed needs to go from easy money to tight money, and that means interest rates have to be real, meaning that the Fed has to move the interest rate higher than the inflation rate. Well, if the inflation rate is 7 you need 8 9 10%. So what the Fed is talking about doing, going to 1% or 2%, that's nothing. Remember, the, yeah. when, when Greenspan cut interest rates after the stock market bubble burst in 2000, the lowest they got was 1%. That was very stimulative monetary policy. That is still stimulative. You can't fight inflation by throwing gasoline on it. We need tight money. But the problem is we can't afford tight money now because thanks to the Fed keeping interest rates so low for so long, everybody in America borrowed so much money that if interest rates rise to fight inflation, the whole economy collapses and we have a much worse financial crisis than 2008 and nobody gets a bailout. So because of that reality, inflation is here to stay. Americans are going to have to live with it and it's going to get much, much worse. So that then makes me wonder what the state of the economy is going to be in general through 2022, things like GDP growth and and, uh, and the jobs market and such. How, how do you view that side of the story? Well, the economy is a mess. I mean, you know, it is a mess now. I mean, we're hemorrhaging red ink. We have record trade deficits, these enormous budget deficits, and real wages are falling. I mean, the president was bragging about wages going up. That's only because prices are going up. But the price of labor is going up more slowly than the price of just about everything else. And, of course, a lot of Americans don't have jobs. A lot of Americans are retired, and so their fixed incomes are fixed. But their cost of living is accelerating, and so people's standard of living are going to go down. And I think inflation is ultimately going to push the economy into a recession as consumers are forced to spend more and more of what they have on food and energy and insurance and just the basics. They're not going to have the discretionary spending, and when they have to cut back, that means a lot of other people lose their incomes, lose their jobs. Uh, this is going to be stagflation, but worse than the 1970s, because we're going to have an even weaker economy than the one we had then. 
plus we're going to have even higher inflation than what they were dealing with. And worst of all, no way we could do anything about it because they finally put an end to that inflation in 1980 by raising interest rates to 20%. And that did it. Well, we don't have the ability to do that today because we could afford to pay 20% interest on our debts in 1980 because we hardly had any debt. But now you know, the, the federal government has $30 trillion in debt financed with T-bills. And the, the average rate of interest on the national debt is 1%. I mean, what if it just went to 10%? Now it would cost $3 trillion a year to pay the interest on the national debt instead of yeah. $300 billion. Where is the government going to get that $3 trillion? That's more than they collect in income taxes. I mean, could they double everybody's income taxes and still have any income left to tax? Peter, great to have you with us. Some great thoughts. Thank you, sir. All the best. All right. My pleasure. Thank you. Peter Schiff, who is the CEO and chief economist for Euro-Pacific Capital. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.